You're listening to The Real Rebel Podcast, episode 21, Legal in the States. Yes. I don't have time for this nonsense. I don't follow rules. I follow dogs on social media. Oh, no. Welcome to the Real Rebel Podcast, where it's all about rebelling against expectations and being unapologetically who you are. Each week, we get real, real with boss ladies going after their dreams and living life on their own terms. And now, here's your host, Katie B. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to The Real Rebel Podcast. This is your host, Katie B, and I have a goodie for you today. This episode, I interview with Megan Elizabeth of Art by Megan. And Megan is an amazing artist, painter, living in New York, living the dream. She's a mama, she's a wife, and she still is just killing it in her business. And the reason why I think you're going to love this conversation is I took a bit of a different approach than usual. I didn't really trim this one as much. And the conversation itself is like really easy, really flowing. And Megan has a lot of amazing, amazing things to say and just kind of insights and advice. And it just like, honestly, for me, it was just an enjoyable conversation. So I hope that you guys uh, enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed having it. That being said, as my editor was editing this episode, we realized that the first five minutes were not there. So it turns out that my recording uh, equipment, not equipment, my recording software glitched and the first five minutes of the conversation disappeared into the abyss. So when you listen, the first question, it's going to kind of jump in abruptly and we don't really get to um, hear the wonderful ramblings that Megan and I had at the beginning, but that's okay because I'm going to have her on again and we will ramble on till our heart's content until you can't stand us anymore. So with that said, we're going to jump right in. Keeping in mind, it is a bit abrupt in the beginning, but uh, the conversation is worth it. I promise you. So stick with it to the end. All right, let's go. So what I wanted to talk to you about before we got cut out, and for those of you listening, we just, technical difficulties, this is life, sometimes we get cut out. We may get cut out again, which that's fine. Um, so I, there's this whole idea around the starving artist, and um, my sister, my younger sister, whose also name is Megan, she's a painter as well. Um, Crazy. Yeah, and the idea, I mean, I think, I think like if she could have any, like her pick, she would be a, a painter and she would paint all the time. But there's this idea um, that, and I can kind of see it as like, she's also becoming like a vet technician. And um, it's it's this belief that you can't make it as an artist, just as an artist or just as a painter. Totally. But you seem to be doing that for yourself. I mean, how did you create that for yourself? Um, well, first of all, I'll be like straight up honest and tell you that no small business owner makes any money the first year that they run their business. Like it's completely over it's not mentioned, you know? And mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. people assume that like, like I went from high school teacher. So luckily my expectations were not like, I wasn't like a baller and you know, beforehand, 
But I also think it's it wasn't fair to me or to anyone who's starting off in my position to say like, oh, I can totally match that salary first year. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't. You spend so much. There's so much more overhead. There's a lot of waste. You learn like a, how to run your own business in the process. And a lot of people take a, a loss for the first year or two years of running their own business. I mean, it doesn't have to be just an artist. It could be any type of small one person, like entrepreneurial thing. And which can feel like total failure. Like oh, you're, you're the sure. only one not making it out there. And Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and so for someone like me, that was very, uh, really challenging because I didn't want to be consumed with the money, but at the same time, we are not in a financial position to not have the bills paid. Right. So like it became this thing where like, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to be a starting artist, starving artist, starving artist. Yeah. I had, so I was like a starting artist. Um, (laughs) I couldn't, like I had to make ends meet for my business so that I could at least contribute in some way to like our family's finances too. Mm. Um, so what I did is I had a part-time job um, for last year. I worked for another startup and I I basically like was a creative brainstormer and I did all sorts of like content creation for the the other business. And I learned through working for other people a lot about how to run my own business. Mm. So I think there's this like, there's this myth of like, quit your day job, follow your dream. And it's like, yeah. <sighs> Dangerous work. You live in your parents' basement. <laughs> like yeah. I, I couldn't do that. We live in a very expensive place. Yeah. I have a very expensive kid. Like <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to make anything cheaper. So I'm just gonna have to work my ass off. And so I just, I got to the point where I was like, if the art's not selling right away, that's not going to stress me out. But I do need to provide something in the midterm, you know, in the, in that gap so that I don't feel like I'm not contributing. Cause I think there is like self-worth tied into all that. Totally. Yeah. And it it can be such a risky game that you play because we tie up like our worth and our achievements, um, which is a really dangerous thing to do. And, um, and, and a lot of the time, like when, like we were talking about Instagram earlier, it looks like people are really just like killing it and they must be, you know, this must be their full-time thing. And it's like you said, like it often takes like a year or two or sometimes more before you start to turn a profit. And you, you kind of touched on this before too, which I think is really important to talk about is, um, how you, you have to sell, like you have to sell, but we are, we kind of have this like negative relation around um like oh I don't want to sell like I'm experiencing the same thing right now and like a coach that I'm talking to Kylie Redhead she's episode one she was like you gotta offer something and same with I talked to Sunny Leonard Doozy she's also been on the podcast and she was like focus just on like an offering because you have to if you're putting yourself into it and you're not getting any way to support yourself even a little bit out of it or at least going down that track like it's totally it's really exhausting. Yeah. Well, and like everyone has a passion, but if your passion isn't going to be a business, that's fine. And I think like for me, I was like, I want to run, I want to follow my dream, but also this dream is to run my own business. And the reason I did it is because it's like really conducive to motherhood. I can make my own hours. I'm much more flexible. I am able to obviously paint every day, which is my actual childhood dream come true. But like, (laughs) but I, I'm, I'm seeing it as a bigger thing, right? Like my point here is if you have a passion, like it's okay to have a passion that's not your business. Yeah. Or if you want to run a business, 
you have to learn to separate out some of the passion and start to understand that you do have to make a profit. And that was really a hard learning curve for me because I don't like, I didn't, this is actually, I've changed my mindset, but I didn't like talking about money. It made me feel very upset and awkward. I didn't like bu- budgeting or finances. I always felt like I wasn't qualified or or smart enough to do it. Oh, totally. And I think that's just like such a nasty stigma. And I'm tempted to say it's women mostly who feel that way in business. And it was because I I wasn't good at math in like seventh grade. Yeah, same. Like for some reason in my mind, I was like on the like dumb kid track for math. And I thought, well, if I couldn't even do seventh grade math, like how am I going to do adult math, which yeah. turns out adult math is actually sixth grade math. So you're fine. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. That's, and that's like exactly percentages it. and stuff. Like I yeah. can handle that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing where, how our, how our mental, uh, our mentality can be set up from such a young age because I experienced the exact same thing with math and it just yeah. was like a downward spiral of terrible math. And like, anyway, and, and I, and I, I love that you're talking about money also because um, I think it is such like a sensitive subject and especially for women, it's kind of like oftentimes we look to the to the man or the men in our lives to kind of help us or guide us or just do it for us, which leaves right. us in a really disempowered state. Yes. So, and, and what did you do to kind of change that for yourself? I'm curious. Well, um, a lot changed. We moved to New York City about two and a half years ago and everything changed. Like our cost of living, our financial situation, my husband's job, my job. I mean, it was almost like we had to completely reinvent ourselves. Mm. But I think when that kind of um, overhaul or like total 180 in life happens, that's when you actually get to sit down and really examine like who's in charge of X, Y, and Z now. Because it was like maybe what we did when we lived in Maryland and I was a high school teacher, that applied only to that situation. So now we have this new situation and I had to learn like that it's okay to completely pivot. And actually I find it, it was very stressful. I'm not going to like overlook the fact that like reinventing yourself is fun. It's not that fun mm-hmm. really. It's fun later when you're like, God, I'm so amazing. But Look like what I did. Right. <laughs> or when you're like <laughs> sitting and drinking wine with your friends and you're like, I'm such a badass. But like in the moment I was like literally having panic attacks. Like mm. I, I was like, shit, I don't know how to reinvent myself. Uh, Like, what am I going to do? But I think if you're forced to be put in position where you have to think from a different perspective at any point in your life, that's when you like actually learn, you know? Mm -hmm. So with our finances specifically, I was like, I would like to have it be 50-50. Like, I want to know what's going on. I want to be aware of what's happening. My husband's like super type A though. So he's better at like the like crunching of numbers, but I want to be in the conversation. Yes. And so that was just like, that's always been our agreement. And I don't think it'll ever change no matter what our situation will be. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so great because once you do start to understand it, it becomes like, you feel like you have so much more power. Um, and it's always a good idea to, um, know that if ever, for whatever reason you were on your own and you had to do it by yourself, like you could do it. You wouldn't just crumble and fall apart. And I think that helps the relationship as well. Like it's, it's kind of balances things out and totally. Yeah. And feeling your power is such like it, it bleeds into everything else. It bleeds into your work. It bleeds into your relationships with other people. Like it's really, it's quite a powerful thing to be scary for a lot of people, I think. Totally. But I also think it's important for 
people. Like if you are the person who is the entrepreneur in the family, you're not as predictable. But I also think that that doesn't make you less than. And I think sometimes like there are roles that people play within their families or their relationships where they feel like they're not as powerful and the money doesn't always equal the power. Like as a stay-at-home mom, like I'm not one and I never have been, but I, I'm friends with many women who are. And I'm like, you have no idea, first of all, how much money you're saving your family by being a stay-at-home mom, but also like the power in like running a household Ugh. effectively, Yeah, you know? And so maybe they don't feel validated and I find that quite sad sometimes yeah. to hear, but but I, but I want people to know that like, just because you're not raking in the cash doesn't mean that your role is not important mm-hmm. in a situation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. It's when I look at my mom and how she raised, she was a stay-at-home mom, four kids. Um, and the like, looking back, the amount of work that she did um, and the amount of like, I mean, appreciation, she should be getting more than what she gets. But because that position of stay-at-home mom, it's not as like prestigious in the eyes of the world, um, it, not even nearly as much as it should be. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, it is kind of sad because that there's that power. It's like if the man is uh, bringing in the income, it's kind of like all of a sudden he's in a, in a bit of a power position, but it totally shouldn't be that way. But But that's kind of how it is. But I think it's flipping. I think that a lot of the topics we're covering right now are all like, obviously hot topics, right? Like, mm-hmm. like girls are not feeling crappy about themselves about math anymore. And women are not letting themselves be diminished in the household, you know, in like a, in like a traditional quote unquote marriage. Or like, I think like there's a different shift of balance happening. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I'm, I, I'm sad like the the state of the world is obviously kind of crazy right now, but I'm also really pumped to see like so much social progress happening. Oh, totally. Yeah. I was just talking with my boyfriend about this the other day and uh, I was like, you know, it is really shitty. It's really shitty what's going on in the world. There's like total upheaval and it's uncomfortable, but like, look at all the good that's coming out. Look at how powerful women are becoming. They're really stepping into it. Like I really feel like a shift and women are kind of stepping up and, and, and not just women, but like people who have been um, silenced or people who have been feeling oppressed, like people are really um, standing up and there's a lot of good change coming. Yeah, totally. I think it's important when you run your own business, but also as like just a human to, to always look at the glass half full and be like, there's good in this. Yeah. There's got to always be good because if you're working for yourself and you go to work every day and you don't make, I mean, my first year and a half, I made zero dollars. Like, uh, why was I still going to work every day? Right. Like you have to force yourself to love it for a reason that's bigger than yourself or, I mean, for me, honestly, like the reason I decided to start my own business was because of my daughter, because I want her to see someone working their like heart and soul, like, I want her to see that if you have something you believe in, that you better do it because life's short. Like, and when I was teaching, I I loved teaching and like I would go back in a heartbeat. I love it so much, but I didn't get to like create it, you know? And I think that having a, I mean, I hope she cares. Maybe she couldn't care less, but she, she seems to be interested now in like 
people following their dreams, you know? And like, that's really all life's about the rest of this stuff. Like, you know, and it manifests itself so differently in every, everyone's life, right? Like some people travel like you're doing right now, which is like, oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people start their own businesses. Some people start families, some people climb mountains, whatever it is. But like, why would you say no to that chance? Oh, totally. Yeah. That's like, that's really living is when you're inspired and you're connected to that part of yourself. And I think it's really uh, what you're doing and what, uh, if any mom is also doing this for herself, it's really powerful. I think for the kids, like you said, to witness that, like it, that's a deeply ingrained message that your daughter is going to be carrying around with her, um, for the rest of her life, which is like, what an awesome, uh, way to already be looking at life at such a young age, because that wasn't the case for, for myself and probably for you as well. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really trendy when we were kids. Yeah, like yeah. I'm saying when we were kids, like I'm your age, haha. But well, like, yeah, I think we're pretty close. Um, okay. So, (laughs) but I remember thinking like, I'm, I didn't really know that many people that own their own businesses aside from maybe restaurants, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't common for like people to have a a side hustle or a passion project or like those just weren't in our vernacular. Um, oh, fun thing though, while you're talking about my daughter, we, my husband and I joke because we like, we have too much adventure. Like our life is like a lot of just a lot of stuff happening at all times. And like, we're always, we travel and we drag this poor kid everywhere. (laughs) And like, she's like watching him follow his dream and me follow my dream. It's just gotta be exhausting. So we're like, she's totally going to want just the most boring adulthood. (laughs) Like this could terribly backfire and she's just going to have like 15 cats and like never, never, (laughs) never leave her house. She's just like like, knitting cat sweaters all day. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I'm like, she's had, she's lived a life full of adventure. I'm like, poor thing. She's only a little kid. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but like I think too, looking back, like for example, my mom would always cook very healthy for us. We always had healthy food. Then when I was a teenager, I was like, get me to the nearest McDonald's. I'm going to eat everything. But then like what you, what you're brought up with, I think it kind of comes back. Like it kind of like, it's, it's, yeah, I think, I think it's amazing what you're, what you're doing for her. I, I don't think anyone should be judged or, um, defined by anything that happens between the ages of like 12 and 22. Yes, I totally agree. Oh, what a shitstorm that was. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Who was that girl? I know, exactly. Oh, um, and I, I, you were actually touching on this as well. You're even lightly touching on it, but I think like your transition from becoming a teacher and being in that kind of mindset where you are working like a nine to five job or you're, or I guess like a nine to three, nine to four, uh, or earlier, probably if you're a teacher, but anyway, you're working that kind of job and now you're working for yourself. You have a small business in the first year and a half, you're making no money. I mean, what did that transition feel slash look like for you? And did you ever experience something where like a moment where you thought I'm done? Yeah, I've had a lot of I'm done moments. Like one time my husband and I tried to go on a nice date and I accidentally started crying. (laughs) Like, Like I was like, this is just too hard. Like, and he was like, could you please stop? Like we're like in public. public. People think we're like breaking up, like stop. (laughs) So I can't, even mention how many times I've wanted to quit because sometimes it feels like a waste of time, Mm -hmm. truthfully. Mm -hmm. And you wonder if you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, sometimes I pay for a babysitter if my husband has to travel for work or whatever. And I'm like, 
why am I digging a hole further? Like I have to pay for someone to help me watch my kids so I can go do something where like I may or may not, like it may not work, you know? And so it's just this constant juggle of like, is this gamble worth it? And I'm kind of of the opinion like that you just keep trying, you know, it's exhausting. That is the exhausting part of this is just the constant trying and the constant email rejection (laughs) where you're like, come on, just like me. Like, I'm just so likable. I'm super great, man. I know. I'm like, I'm not only like I can paint nicely, but I'm like a really nice person. (laughs) Like, doesn't that count for anything? (laughs) So like, now I just read the rejection emails and then I, I usually don't talk about them anymore. I used to be like, uh, like at the dinner table, my husband would be like, you've got to be joking. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think some things I do to not quit. I volunteer with an organization that is based in New York. We're called rising tide society, but mm-hmm. our meetings are called Tuesdays together. Mm. Um, it's really sweet. And it's been a beautiful part of my journey because, uh, I've met other people in my position and we have like 600 members now or more in New York. Wow. It's, it's, been wonderful because I needed to meet people in my shoes and I had no friends or family that I could really bounce ideas off of that were in a similar entrepreneurial position. So having the practicality there, but also just like forming friendships with people who get it has been really helpful. I also just sometimes like stop, you know, if if I'm like feeling like I'm spinning my wheels on something and it's exhausting or if it feels like it's too expensive or scary, like I just take a day and like go take myself on a date to a museum Aww. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to, cause at the end of the day, like I still have to run the show, right? Like I'm still, my husband jokes one time I had to go away in, in December. Uh, I went to art Basel, which makes me sound like I'm like the coolest, but it was <laughs> total serendipity. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, um, while I was there, I was gone for literally two nights and my husband called the second night and was like, you have to come home. Like we can't do it. So, I mean, that was flattering, but I was also like, you know, uh, it's funny because I felt like even if I'm not like making money, I'm still really valuable. Mm. And so that was kind of like a gentle reminder. Like it's good to, to be part of something and like help people. And I, I do a lot of volunteering, but I still think it's helping my job and it's helping my family. And it like, it's propelling me towards something good, yeah. you know, yeah. in 10 years, I'll be like, man, I'm glad I did all that nice stuff for people. Yeah. That was good. It's such a time game. It's such like a persistence. And, um, like you look at anyone who's like really well known now, they've been doing it forever. And, right. and it's only through time that it's really gotten to that place. And, um, and I think as well, what's really important is to, like you said, you take yourself on a day date. Um, and it's that getting back, I, I had this at the end of the year, there was just a shitstorm for me. I think I emailed you a little bit like about that. And I just was like, totally, I just stopped, like you said, step back. And I was like, like, what's going on here? Who are you even? And I realized I had lost connection with myself, like my true connection with myself about five years ago. And I hadn't taken the time. And that's a long time to be kind of disconnected from yourself, but to really like just connect and align with who I am. And then everything became clear and more easy. And um, it, that key piece of like that connection with yourself, because you can't, if you're not in line in alignment, you're not 
kind of giving off that energy, everything is much harder. And if you, you just have to kind of get to that place within yourself because otherwise you can't run things effectively. You can't like get in there and do your admin. 100%, 100%. And like, I can't even like, I can't, um, there were days like at the very beginning when we first moved to New York, like I couldn't figure anything out. Like I'm not a New Yorker and I didn't know how the hell to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so just the bare survival mode was exhausting, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like when people are in a transition, they think like that they should be able to function at the level that they were at prior in a completely different scenario. And it's like, no, today I learned how to take the subway and not get lost. And I found a place to buy fruit and I made a neighbor (laughs) friend and like, and those things don't sound, they're not like worthy of a blog post. They're not worthy of sharing on social media, but like for me, I felt like so much better, right? Like those little pieces. Yeah. And so sometimes I go to the studio for a half day because in the morning I need to like read a book for 30 minutes and, or go to the gym, you know? And like, I, everyone talks about like self-care, but I think, I think it's more about just, um, building into your schedule. The fact that like at the end of the day, I need Megan to properly work. Like, (laughs) you know, art by Megan is one thing, but like, I need to be a real person and I can't be consumed by all of this. Yeah. And it's so easy to get consumed by it. The pressure, the financial pressure, the social pressure, like even just social media, keeping up with posts and like, like it's crazy. It's crazy. I took such a huge break um, this winter because I, I would, I was just so drained and I would look at it and be like, you know what? No, like this is not, this is fake. Like if I'm putting out a post being like, hey, you know, oh, look at this. That's great. It's like, no, that's not real. Like right now I'm exhausted and I need to recuperate. And and that's, yeah. that's life. We need to allow for life to happen, you know? Exactly. And I think for some people it's sharing that life is hard. And then there's, I think, people like you and I, it sounds like who just need to step back. And I think that there's no problem being either kind of person. Like I know people that are over sharers and I feel like I've all the power to them. You know, I'm glad they're sharing their story, but I'm not that kind of person. And it's not because I'm a perfectionist, which I am, but I'm not, I just don't like to go negative because I'm, I'm just a sensitive person and I don't want to invite that into the conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. I've been listening to a lot. I don't know if you've ever listened to Abraham Hicks. No. Okay. She talks a lot. Like it's a little out there just for and for people listening. Like if you go YouTube her or whatever, she basically kind of channels um, from like, I guess, the spiritual realm or something. She's channeling something and she talks and she talks to people. And it's really the things she talks about are so useful and so profound and so true when you when you listen to it. and she talks a lot about like alignment and the energy that we put off and if you're complaining all the time and you're looking at all of the bad things that are going on in your life which sometimes it's very hard not to do right. um, but you just bring more of it in so it's like always it's so important to be like what's working here you know what's the big picture and trying to give off that kind of energy because then you just bring more of that your way, which is like, exactly. who doesn't want that? Well, and it's just like when people talk about like, in, like noticing gratitude or like having gratitude, or, you know, expressing it or whatever. I think if you're grateful for something, even if it's something stupid and minute, mm-hmm. it's, it, it like is a snowball effect. So then you're grateful for the next thing and it's maybe a big deal, but to your brain, you have trained it you're literally like working your brain like a muscle in that way, you know, where you're like, 
I'm putting out good and I'm going to get good back. And then it doesn't matter how big the collaboration or how big the social media mention or how, you know, how big of a deal X, Y, or Z is. It's more about like, I'm grateful for, for it all. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's hard to, it's, it's very hard for people to train themselves, but you know, people do all sorts of things where they're like, maybe each day you write down one thing you're grateful for. Or maybe you take control of your your messy thoughts. And like for me, I did, I started bullet journaling, which is like cool. this What's crazy that? concept where you basically like, so my issue with my brain is that I'm constantly in brainstorm mode. Like I don't really easily let go of all my creative juices. So like <laughs> I have to put them somewhere because if I go to bed at night, I just lay there awake with like ideas flowing. So a bullet journal is basically a structured agenda, but you structure it yourself. Hmm. So you you assign like page numbers and Google it. It's really cool. Um, but so basically I have running lists. So I'll have like a list about like places I want to travel. And then on the next page, I'll put like things I need to do. And then the next page is like budget oh, okay. for Art by Megan. And yeah. it's not so stringent. It's not right. so like regimented. And it really helps my kind of brain. Because I need to know that I can write something down and refer back to it later. Otherwise, I get really anxious if all of the thoughts are in my head. Totally. It's too much weighing on me. And then that's when like, I have a hard time functioning at like, a yeah. regular level. That's the curse, I think, for me of being creative. Because I, I, everyone's always like, but you're so normal for an artist. And I'm like, <laughs> on the outside, yes, I'm very normal. Like I'm really... I'm as normal as it gets, I think sometimes like, but I'm also pretty wacky. Like my ideas are off the chain. And so I need like a place to channel that energy. And it's the same, like, so all that to say that in my, in my bullet journal, I do sometimes write down like people I want to call or things I love, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like a dumb little list. And it's like, that's a great way to train your brain. That's so helpful. I'm totally going to do that because it's so, so you're saying you just do like different topics. So yeah, like, across all the pages like page one is like travel page two is like budget or whatever exactly and you number it so you have like a table of contents later oh. that you can refer back to right. so then it's really fun because like if you ever have 20 minutes to kill like you're you know at a coffee shop or whatever you just look at your table of contents and then something might pop up and you might say oh I thought of something for page 12 yeah and that's like perfect for my brain yeah that's so good yeah. And if you're a person like me, like I get overwhelmed very easily. And I think this has helped prevent that mm, in a big way. That is super cool. I'll put, uh, I don't know, I'll put like a link to like the Google like search that I find in the show notes or something yeah. so that people have something to grab onto. That is really cool. I can't believe I haven't heard of that before. That's so helpful. They're kind of, they're kind of like trendy right now, but I totally like, I sort of, you can reinvent it for yourself too. Some people track like, oh, I want to drink more water. So you like draw yourself a little chart and you, you know, you, you reach your goal more easily, I guess. But, um, I don't track like stuff like that. No, no. You just have, well, I mean, you're a creative person and your, your brain is more like, you know, it's like circular. It's not linear. Yes. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. It's so, so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of your art, like I want to talk obviously about your art because that's what you do every single day um yes where I mean they're beautiful they're beautiful thank you amazing um where do you find inspiration I mean like and I know you have a little um sentence about this on your website but for those of people listening um where where does it come from for you 
So I, I was always drawn to water. Mm-hmm. And when I was a little girl, I feel like most of my like happy memories as a kid were either like at the beach or at my grandma's lake house or playing in puddles. Like I was always very drawn to water and nature. I've always been like really big into flowers. Like I was obsessed with taking little close-up photos of flowers when I was a kid or like just, I guess, mother nature in general, but I don't like, I'm not like outdoorsy. So this doesn't really make sense at all. Like I don't go like hiking, (laughs) but I do go to the beach. So I think I'm, I've, it's taken a long time to get to the point where I can even explain it, to be honest. But I recently sort of thought about it and I like things that are fleeting. So like, I like things that are going to go away quickly And I like to try and capture them in paint because ocean waves to me are like so many beautiful colors, like within the actual wave and like the sky and the, Mm -hmm. all the parts of it. Like, I just think it's so cool to look at. Um, Sounds like you belong in California. I do. If my husband's listening, do you hear that? (laughs) I'm always like, what the hell am I doing in Brooklyn? It's like gray and snowy. Where Um, is the beach? I know. But you know, it's funny. We have beaches like, no one knows this, but New York City has beaches and they're like, I mean, they're not that gross. They're like pretty lovely. So really? we go all summer. It's lovely. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, but it's like you know, two months of the year. <laughs> but so, and then I'm like obsessed with flower petals. And I feel like it's mostly because I think like I'm just obsessed with the impressionist painters. So like Monet was my favorite artist when I was a little girl and I had this book about him. Uh, that came with this doll. And so like, I was just pumped. I read the book like every day and it had like all his water lilies and stories about him. And I was very intrigued by the fact that like he was blind and he was still so intrigued by nature. And like, so ever since I was a little girl, I've always been like, I mean, truth be told, I was like a giant dork. So like I would go to the like school library and everyone would check out the like I don't know, the book that you were supposed to, like the Goosebumps series yeah, or yes. like some shit. Or like that. Babysitter's Club. Yes, yes. Like <laughs> like some trendy child series. Like yeah. now it's like Diary of a Wimpy Kid or something. Yeah, dumb. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no offense to the author out there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but like the trendy kids book was never my jam. I always went to like the weird, like I would, I would like ask the librarian a million questions and then I'd be like, do you have any do you have any photo essays of Ansel <laughs> Adams? And they'd be like, you're in fourth grade, like dial it down. But Chill I was out. just, yeah, I'm like obsessed with things. I get obsessed with like shapes and colors. And I used to study maps for fun. <laughs> Literally, I would oh, man. read, I read the Atlas. That's like, awesome. So I think I've always been obsessed with like trying to figure things out. And I think that's, that's maybe why I'm stuck on oceans and petals for now. But I, I don't think I'll always paint the same thing. People wonder that too. They're like, yeah. so ocean, you're an ocean painter. I'm like, yeah, for, for now. now. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's just sort of whatever I'm obsessed with at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I think that that plays well for you. I mean, in business as well, like you're, right. you're very focused on, on the one thing and also all your business knowledge. I mean, you're amazing at collaboration and like you're, you've grown something and it's, I feel like just by looking at kind of going over your website and your Instagram and everything, it's really, you, you are at a point where you are kind of taking off and things are really clicking. Thank you. Just from what I can see from the outside, you know, you never know what's going on really, but that's the sense that I'm getting. I think it's just honestly that 
I mean, the statistics show that people that start their own businesses usually give up around, um, you know, year two. <laughs> uh, and it's because it's a lot of hard work for nothing at the beginning. Yeah. I also think that I'm just really stubborn. So like, if someone doesn't email me back, I just like politely re-email them. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey friend. remember me? <laughs> like, I'm kind of relentless in that yeah. way. And mm. um, my, my one of my good friends has a podcast. She's hilariously funny. And she described me as scrappy. Which yeah. I think is so funny because like I'm I'm five ten and like I picture Scrappy as like a little kid with a runny nose like <laughs> fighting on a playground, but but then I kind of think like I am I am Scrappy like I'm I'll I'll make something I'll make it up if I have to yeah. you know and like I'm um, I'm good at sort of uh, winging it in life. Tina Fey has this quote where it's like say yes and then figure it out afterwards. And I just totally. love that. Yeah. Because I'm like, people email me all the time and say like, do you do X, Y, or Z? And I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, <laughs> let's hop on a call tomorrow. And then like the furious Googling begins. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to say no. Like, you know, I'm not at the point in my career where I need to really turn away random possibilities. Well, you never know where the road is going to lead. Um, exactly. Then at the same time, do you ever find that you get overwhelmed? Like with like opportunity or that you put too much on your plate? Uh, yeah, I do. Because <laughs> I think people that say no effectively don't have that problem. And I'm a yes person. Mm-hmm. Um, I took some, oh, I wish I could remember. I took some personality test recently and I'm the obliger, which is like the worst personality trait to ever have where you're like, <laughs> you're like literally the person that's like, sure. Like, yeah, I can do that. And then you're like, fuck, why did I agree to do that? <laughs> That's literally like my life story. It's like, oops, I've said yes to too much. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I freak out or sometimes I cancel. Most of my good friends know that I'm like that. And so they kind of like... Just accept you as you are. Yeah, they just accept me. And like, you know, some people just are trying to be helpful. Like I, I'm not trying to be a jerk if I cancel and, and say like, I can't make it. It's probably because I like either I'm disorganized a little bit or I don't, I, I can't physically like make it all happen. You know, I'm only one person, mm-hmm. but I think something I want to try and learn, I don't think it'll honestly be this year to be like fully honest, but <laughs> maybe like, maybe in my next century, I mean, what, what am I talking about? Like, in my oh, next, how, how old are you? <laughs> in my next decade, you look amazing. <laughs> I'm 100 years old. Um, what do you drink? And like, maybe when I'm a little older, I'll learn to say no. But for now, I'm kind of like, I'm just like letting the world be my oyster, you know? Yeah, maybe it's the time to say yes now. And it's the yeah. time to stretch yourself and find out what are your, like, how far can you go? And, and sometimes I think too, like you say yes all the time and you probably have learned a lot about yourself and you've probably come across some amazing opportunities, even though you were stretched and maybe overwhelmed a little bit, didn't think you could do it, that you've created for yourself that you otherwise wouldn't have if you would have been like, mm, no, I need to be more mindful of my time. and like Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. And people are always like, how do you do it? Like, you're, you're amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I just... I make it up a lot. And then I also, <laughs> I'm nice to people. And very helpful. sometimes I screw up really badly and I don't talk about it. And I don't think that's a problem. I don't think everyone needs to like 
you know, put all their cards on the table all the time. I think it's okay to make mistakes and just go on to the next thing. Yeah. Don't hold on to it for too long. Don't make it a thing. Just like acknowledge it, feel it, let it go, move on. Right. And you're like, that was crappy. Or like that person totally took advantage of me because I'm super nice. But you know what? I'm not going to like stop like harbor anger towards them. (laughs) Like that's exhausting. I don't have time for that. Yeah. It's like that saying, having, um, like negative feelings towards somebody is just like drinking poison. Like it doesn't exactly. do them any ho- Like it doesn't do you any good. You're just walking around exactly. with this like cloud over your head. Exactly. It's oh. like not worth. Plus, I think when you're busy and you're saying yes too much, you do yourself a tiny favor, which is like you're too busy to dwell. You know, like I like to just be like, okay, well, that didn't work out. Next, next. Yeah, move. You know, and yeah. I think like. Motherhood has helped me with that a lot because I don't have much free time and my work hours are, are condensed. So I have to like get shit done, you know? And I'm like, I don't really want to, yeah, I don't need to like wallow, you know, as much as maybe somebody else has time to wallow. Don't give yourself time to wallow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes so much sense too. And on the topic of being a mom, um, and I bring this up all the time because it's something that I uh, worry about truthfully. So this is totally self-serving. But when it comes to being a mom and running your own business, how do you find that? Like, what do you find helps you do it? Um, what do you find is difficult, easy? That's the hard question. And like, that's the that's the soapbox that I sometimes hop on and then I have to hop off because I'm not really one to... I don't need to be on a soapbox. It doesn't, it makes me pissed off and angry and it doesn't promote any sort of goodness when I'm just like shouting my opinions in the world from my perspective. I mean, other people do a great job of it, but I don't think it's fair that women are expected to balance the two of those things. Yeah. No one in the world is interviewing any fathers for any podcasts asking them, but how do you do it all? So true. And so like, Sometimes I rant about it to my husband, who's like the wrong person to rant about because he's like lovely and helpful. But he's like, I get it. I get what you're saying. But he's like, just prove everybody wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, just do both. Yeah. And um, so I am. And then, you know, some days I just don't do both. It's okay to not do everything all at once. Like, some days Art by Megan is not available and I'm on a field trip. Yeah. And I'm really thankful that I have a job where I can do that because. Actually, a big turning point for me was when I was a teacher, I had um, a silly little Halloween parade for my daughter. She was in like pre-K or like pre-pre-K. She was like a baby, <laughs> but it mattered to her. You know, she we had talked about the Elsa outfit. She was all ready to go. Aww. And I was supposed to get to her school by four o'clock. And if anyone out there is a teacher, you know that like getting out of the building and getting from the school to the, the next place to by four o'clock is a stretch. Mm. So I like tried my hardest. I hit traffic and I missed the damn Halloween parade. And like, I I literally like sat there in the parking lot and I was like, I literally just blew it. And that was such a minute, tiny example of something, you know, like people have to forgive themselves. But for me, I'll always remember that I put my priorities were not correct that day. Mm -hmm. And so if balancing motherhood and art has to be like what gives Truthfully, art by Megan is what gives. Like, I hope that I can always put her first. And if I can't put her first, at least I can bring her with me, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> I do a lot. Like, I I drag that poor kid around all the time. But we have a great time together, and it's been like, it's been a fun way to become like 
like Gilmore girl style mom and daughter, because we, we share a lot of weird, funny little moments where I'm like, okay, we're at an art gallery. You need to go sit in the corner. Here's my cell phone. Yeah. And like play the game, whatever you're playing. And like, try not to make any sounds and then I'll buy you ice cream. (laughs) But then we go on like an ice cream date and then it's fine, you know? So I think it's not perfect and I, it's very messy and it's very frustrating. It's not ideal to bring a one, two, three, four, five or six year old with you anywhere when you're trying to conduct business. And I, unfortunately I don't think men have to juggle it as much, Mm -hmm. but I'm also like not, I'm not really that bitter about it because I've accepted it as what it is for my life, you know? Mm-hmm. That's amazingly powerful. That is the best answer I've received from that question so far. Like, <laughs> well, it's amazing. like, it's my hot topic because I feel like it's, it's such a disservice to tell women like, do it this way or, or be like her. Mm-hmm. Like no one knows what's the inner working of anyone's family. Like logistically speaking, you don't know if someone can take their kid to school or not because their boss could not let them come to work that time. Like there's so many factors involved. And so like, and it's always evolving, you know, I'm, I could be like nailing it one week and the next week I'm like working from home during snow days and I'm like gouging my eyes out with a spoon. Cause my kid's like, <laughs> can I use your laptop? Can I use your laptop? And you're like, no, <laughs> but like, but I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's just, that's life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have this idealistic picture of what everything should look like and it does not match up nine times out of 10 and you have to like be okay with that and, and, you know, exactly. Yeah. Change the view. Okay. So this is going on for way longer than I thought because I'm like loving talk. No, but like I'm loving it. This is, this is really great. So like part two, part two. (laughs) Yeah. I will have you on again. I already, I already know that. I mean, of course, if you'll come on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of course. um, But yeah, so I want to finish it off here by um, five rapid fire questions just to bookend this whole thing. Um, So, and they get a little more serious as we, as we go on. And then I'll have you share where people can find you. So you guys listening, you'll be able to hear that at the end of this. So first question, rapid fire in quotation marks, by the way, if it takes you more time to answer it, that's fine. Oh, good. Because I'm so slow. (laughs) Okay. This works then. Okay, so number one, um, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what three things would you bring with you? Oh, this is easy. Um, sunscreen, <laughs> dark chocolate, and yeah. red wine. Oh, I feel shit. like I could be fine with those three things. Yeah, yeah. The red wine is key, just so everything mm-hmm. looks a little more rosy. <laughs> For sure. Uh, okay. Dinner party. You have a dinner party. You can have any five guests with at the dinner party, dead or alive. Who would they be? Oh, my God. Five? <laughs> five, yeah. Okay. Um, Frida Kahlo, Georgia O'Keefe, um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I have such a girl crush. Yeah, oh, me too. Uh, George Clooney. Oh, God. <laughs> Just because, like, duh. Just because, and duh. I would just like be like, George, you can sit next to me. <laughs> Hi, George. Everybody else, we're going to talk about art. Um, George, you just hold my hand. <laughs> George, George. And then uh, someone else who's like amazing and kick ass. This is so hard. <laughs> Maybe like Malala. Oh, God, that would be amazing. Yeah. I just feel like she'd really jive well with Frida. Like I like when people are all happy <laughs> together too. 
That's so considerate of you. I'm a Libra. And so like, I'm never like, Megan matters. It's like, everyone else, are you happy? <laughs> Good answers. That's amazing. I would love to come that to hard. that dinner. That, yeah, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. Um, okay, third question. What is the most recent book you've read or book you're reading now? Um, I am currently reading In the Company of Women by mm-hmm. Grace Bonney. It's like all these stories of women entrepreneurs. It's obs- I'm obsessed with it. I've reread it like four times now. Really? Um, I'm also reading a children's book called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. <gasps> yes, it's, I've heard of this. Uh, amazing. We read it every night. It's so it's so well-written. So good. Um, and I also read like other books at the same time. You've I read a lot, lot on the go. I like to read. This is like a side note question. What would you say would be... Um, like one of your top one or two books, like if you could recommend a book to somebody? Ooh, um, I really liked The Nightingale. Mm-hmm. That was like about World War II, I think. Yeah. Um, I really like, what was that one called? I have a problem with, <laughs> I'm really, really <laughs> bad at remembering the titles of books. I'm always like, I should do a book club. And then I'm like, I can't remember anything. <laughs> like, oh, like a goldfish. Um my favorite book of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird mm. and Little Women. Oh, yeah. So good. They're both just like, uh Classics. So good. Yeah. Okay. Second to last question. This is where it gets a little more deep. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Hold on tight. If you were sitting across the table from your 20-year-old self and you could tell <laughs> her one thing, what would you say? Um, I would be like, stop it. That's all. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Just stop being a hot mess. You're very pretty. You have abs. You should probably drink a lot less. Um, you are currently dating the nicest guy ever, so don't F it up because you're going to marry him. What? And, really? Yeah, oh, more wow. on that later. Wow. Um, That's so amazing. And I would mostly say, like, just, like, stop freaking out all the time. You're going to be okay. Mm. That's really interesting. That's that's a common message from a lot of people is just relax. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, final question. What is your rebel cause? Like what is the thing that kind of um, gets you out of bed or what positive change are you trying to affect in the world while you're here? Um, it's twofold. So it like goes back to my high school teaching time where I want people to know that they're worth trying on. Like I want I always wanted my high school students to know that like nobody's, nobody's like without value, you know, everyone's worth giving a try. And like that carries over into friendships, like basically that anybody out there who doesn't feel like they're worth it, like worth love or anything like that, that they are. Um, I also think though that my major soapbox or my major like mission is to prove that women can do it. Like we can run small businesses and succeed and not get lost in the process. And so I've set the bar pretty high, but I also think it's time. Like it's, it's time for women to kick ass and like run businesses that we're really proud of without having to sacrifice anything as far as like ethics in the process. That's amazing. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Sure. So that marks the end of this glorious conversation. Where can people find you? Yeah. I mean, this was just felt like a nice chat. I'm like, can (laughs) can people just pay us to talk to each other every day? (laughs) That would be Um, awesome. 
I am Art by Megan on Instagram, A-R-T-B-Y-M-E-G-A-N. And you need to follow her because it's like beautiful images coming up all the time. And I'm like a nut job. Like when I do stories, people are like, you're ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I guess that's true. Um, and then my website is the same. It's artbymegan.com, no H-M-E-G-A-N. And that's that's it. That's You'll awesome. find me. That's yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what do you have coming up for like, the month of February. Do you have anything that like you're excited about or February, March for spring or? I do actually I have one super top secret thing that's happening soon, but Ooh. I can't talk about it. Ooh, intrigue. I know it's like, I'm actually an international spy. <laughs> no. So I knew <laughs> this it. whole thing is a cover. Um, <laughs> no, and I will be releasing on Friday some new paintings. Oh wait, but that's like It'll pass by the time this goes live. But you but guys can look back. Paintings. <laughs> She'll probably be uh, releasing some new paintings. Yeah, that's for sure. And I hope to be traveling somewhere fabulous by the time <gasps> that this launches. Ooh. I just want to go to the beach, man. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Where, where, where would be your top pick? Miami is amazing. Is it? I fell in love. I didn't know I'd love it. Huh. That's so cool. It's amazing. But Charleston, South Carolina is wonderful. Oh, I've always wanted to go. But I really want to go to Portugal. My travel list and my bullet journal is long. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Oh, okay. Here we go again. We could start a whole nother podcast, but let's cut it off here. It was awesome to have you on and I'm sure we'll do a part two at some time. Yes. Awesome. So fun. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. If you never want to miss another episode, please head over to iTunes and click subscribe. Also, for all of the links and show notes and a bio on Megan, and you can also listen to um, the podcast from my website, head over to realrebelpodcast.com and you will find this episode waiting there for you with a lot of other good information and goodies for you to click and explore. And on that note, I will let you go and I will see you next Tuesday. I will see you because you would have gone over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. Make sure you just, you know, it's right there. Just iTunes, easy. iTunes, subscribe button. Just hit it. Okay, I'm gone. Bye.